2: Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the weekly spin-off podcast in which my dad and I talk utter nonsense and bollocks. Sometimes it's true crime related, sometimes it's not. That's, in the words of Britney Spears, is our prerogative. I'm Paul. That's John. Dad, we got a really interesting message on the Facebook page, on the Loose Units Facebook page, about, uh, like a day and a half ago... Now, I sent you the picture from this thread because you're not on Facebook anymore. It's a really great group. We have a really wonderful, engaged group on the Facebook page. But first of all, everyone, uh, welcome to the end of your week. And we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Loose Units. If you pop across to the Facebook page, you will see Dad's footage from when he rounded the corner and actually discovered the street with no name. Now... Dad has a tendency to shoot things like a director of photography on a big budget feature film. He's got a real kind of panache for framing and timing. And so it's, it's really good stuff, Dad. You did a very good job. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Paul. Yeah. So if you head across, you'll get a, you'll, you'll, you'll be there for the moment that Dad discovered the street. Uh, but speaking of visuals, somebody called Claudette posted something on the Facebook page, Dad, and I sent you this photo this morning. I'm going to read what Claudette wrote and then we can describe the photographs and we can go from there. How does that sound? Mm, Brilliant. Spotted in a shopping centre car park this morning, rang the police when I got home just in case. They said they would send a car to check it out and would get in touch if they needed the photos. What do you all think? Did I overreact? Now, Dad, would you describe what is in these photos that Claudette posted, please?
3: Paul, you sent the image through and it was very obvious instantaneously what it was. And what it was, it was... um cable tie that was um, had a lot of blood on it. A lot of blood. And the person that called the police certainly did not overreact. That was brilliant. Any person that saw a cable tie or cable ties, particularly in a car park, because that sort of infers all sorts of nefarious things, it could be... I mean, the, the car park's really critical to the whole story if it had been on a footpath yeah you'd probably still you know maybe but the the fact is that it's um you know in a a, i believe it's in a shopping center Mm. which is actually quite it's there's a lot of blood and it indicates to me that uh and i hope the police took it really seriously uh I hope the person that called the police... This is this is, this is is a bit of a worry. I'd like to know more about this. I'd like to know whether the person looked after that scene until the police arrived. I have a feeling they didn't, but hopefully they did. I mean, wouldn't it be terrible to think that, uh, you know, the police rock up? I mean, how are the police going to find the precise location unless that person waited for them? So, but on face value, it's, yeah... I think it's terribly, terribly, potentially... It's
2: potentially really quite, you know, quite creepy. Yeah, well, I mean, Claudette basically got there and replied on the Facebook page. I asked how big the zip ties were for scale, like how how big the kind of... You know, because I wanted to find out whether it was big enough for, you know, a person to have been caught in. Hi, first of all, hi. Second of all, about as big as if two slender wrists were tied together and tied by it before being cut. Also... This was in a Chapel Street shopping centre, so... What's
3: Chapel Street like, Paul? Is it is it a bit... I mean, how would you rate it into... Not, not not that that's fair to sort of, you know, sort of talk about the geographical sort of area in terms of the socioeconomics that's actually kind of crazy, but it's something that, you know, can be
2: pertinent. No, no, it it's pretty useful. Chapel Street, if you're not from Melbourne, is a fairly nuanced street. It kind of runs from the Yarra all the way up to St. Kilda Road. And the thing about Chapel Street, Dad, it's about four different streets in one in that mm. it kind of crosses through. You've got the kind of bougie end and then you've got a sketchy end and then you've got a bit with like nightclubs and a couple of housing estates behind it. And then you've got this really odd hipstery end with like a lawn bowls club and kind of boutique shopping areas all on one street. Um And it kind of in the middle gets extremely congested and frankly at night and on the weekends Pretty dangerous Mm. Lively is what I would say Right Mm, mm. In the same way that if you go to Kind of Smith or Brunswick Street Or Surrey Hills You've got the areas that have been gentrified And the areas that absolutely have not been gentrified Now Mm. If it's the car park I'm thinking of uh, It's Pretty sketchy Mm. And so yeah, the acoustics in a car park means... I mean, what I'm curious about is they've clearly been broken. And this is the part... We've had quite a few people on the Facebook page ask us to solve this. Now, we don't really have any more pertinent information other than we've got a car park on Chapel Street. Um, a woman finds a pair of cable ties, which are bloody and have been broken. So mm. what does that tell you in terms of possibilities, apart from the fact that somebody got loose from them? Okay, well, if we're talking um, a kidnapping, I reckon something, I
3: think it's more than likely a kidnapping. I think it's a kidnapping. The person has been obviously trying to, you know, they've been in the, in a boot or the back of a car and they've been working feverishly uh, to, to get these cable ties off. Uh, Here is a fun fact about cable ties. They're used in law enforcement throughout the world because they're really cheap. You don't need a lot of training, unlike handcuffs. Remember that famous story about my handcuffs when I went to slam them on the person I hadn't unlocked them, and basically yeah, it's an electric blue. Yeah, I remember, yeah, and basically snapped their wrist. Mm. Uh, aside from the p- putting the side, the fact of about fifty people members of the public laughing at me, which was yeah. kind of creepy, but. Um, They've got around about a 300-pound breaking strain, so you could hang off a cliff with sort of by the wrist, and it wouldn't break. I mean, it would cause... Because they're really sharp, you know how sharp they are on the edges, and they would simply... And if you were trying to sort of get out of them, if you had any wriggle room... But the thing about cable ties is that when you use them, you generally tighten them. And the problem... With the sort of the ratchet locking mechanism is that it only goes one way, so you know you can sort of put one end in your mouth and sort of try and pull at it, but as you do that you're in in effect ratcheting up the you know or decreasing
2: the diameter well they were made for yeah they they were they were made to tie cables, hence the name right, Correct. but whenever yeah. you see them there's always a slightly slightly there's always a sinister air when um when those homegrown terrorists stormed the Capitol on January sixth last year, a bunch of them entered, you know, the floor uh, of the building with cable ties. Um, mm. Clearly, right. with the intention of taking hostages. This was like right. they had them looped around their belts, mm. and they're not, you know they're pretty easy to get your hands on as well, aren't they? Oh, you just go to Bunnings or any any hardware yeah. store, uh, or buy them online,
3: and they you, you know you buy them in packs of. You know, you can buy them in, and all different lengths, different colours. Generally white than black. Um, uh-huh. You know, law enforcement use different different colours, um, but the end result is is the same. And let's let's look at the facts. The facts are, I mean, we haven't established whether or not it's you know human or animal blood, but or even if it's blood, but it's pretty to me. One can hypothesise just based on the photos that it's human blood. It's definitely been cut neatly and to cut Mm -hmm. that you would use you know pliers or a damn good set of of scissors but they're, they're 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 tough i mean if you try and cut a cable tie particularly quite a thick one with just normal scissors it's a really laborious process and if you use a knife it's it's nigh impossible you can use a stanley knife but then you've got to sort of think about you know sort of slashing the the person that you know is tied up um but paul you know i got the photograph thought about the situation i think uh based on my experience and yes i am hypothesizing um but my gut feeling is that someone has been taken to that location and they've cut the cable tie they've already been trying feverishly i mean just think of the wounds that they've got on their wrists uh you know it's it's pretty bad or it could have even been their ankles. They, they could have been hog tied, um, which is really a, without a doubt. If you really want people to, to be, I mean, the whole concept of, you know, kidnapping, which is happening all the time in Sydney, the, you know, the, these, these gangs are doing it. The, the, there's footage of um, them kidnapping a guy a few weeks ago and they oh, kept yeah. him for, I think three days they kept him and then they just released him. But, when they're releasing these people, um, you know they've held them for whatever reason. Could be blackmail, could be intimidation, could be. Uh, look, there are so many. It could be over a, a debt, a drug debt, um, a gambling debt. You know the the underworld um, is is pretty pretty messed up. It could even be um, it could be domestic domestic abuse. Oh God! I mean there are so many things It, it opens a Pandora's box, but my feeling is that uh, the person was being driven to that location I'd, I'd I'd love to see more photos. I'd love to see a yeah. three sixty degree view i'd I'd like to get a, a feeling you know for was it out in the open? were there lots of cars there at the time? You know, did it happen at you know at at, at midnight in the dark? It's been discovered in the morning. Um, I mean, it's a good thing in a way that it wasn't raining because then you would have just had um, a cable tie with no blood on it. But the person at some point or other would have had that cable tie cut and and released. That's one theory. Uh, mate, seriously, I, I did some research this morning and it's just that they are used... So- they are used a lot in crime and suicides,
2: too. Like, it's diabolical. Yeah. Um, God. Did you want to hear an update? I, ha- I have a slight update for you. Okay. Um, so, first of all, did you mention before that they were used uh, in arrests by police? Oh, bloody oath. Okay. So, given the area, I'm actually now thinking that maybe an officer, you know, detains somebody in that parking lot went to radio for help or whatever, a backup or went to check something and the person like shimmied their way out, snapped the cable ties and ran. No, you can't. You can't do to that. To me, really? No, you can- it's not a chance. You couldn't rub them against something? No, and- no, mate. You can see they've been cl- cleanly cut. They've been removed. What man. if, okay, what if, what if um, somebody was detained and they were getting a bit aggressive and they were going to hurt themselves so the cop cut the cable ties and put on some cuffs or got them into the van or whatever. Do you think that's possible? That's possible. I'm just very thinking... possible. Mate, good, yeah. good
3: call. that uh, you know, it could have been a person with, you know, some um, serious mental health issues.
2: Mm, okay. Or it
3: could have been someone... Look, we, there are so many possibilities. It could have been someone, as you say, that was possibly arrested for something very minor and, you know, they got a bit aggressive, the police. Um, but then, of course, we need to find out what Victorian police... You know whether they use the ties, and if so, my, my very strong feeling, Paul, like in the New South Wales Fire Brigade, you know they use those ropes, and every single emergency service has a particular pattern running through the rope to to enable if something terrible happens, there's a fatality and becomes a sort of a coronial matter. the The investigators can determine which emergency service was using that particular rope. So I don't think. And I'm not sure about this, but I have a funny feeling that the Vic police probably wouldn't use white ones because, you know, if something really heavy happened, like there was a death in custody and they were found to have these ties around the body, that we'd need to be able to establish that it was put on by Victorian police. So you'd think that'd have some sort of colour coding? Um, I don't know. Next time I see you, if I put a cable tie around your wrists, there's no way on earth you can get out of those you could you could rub until the cable tie cut your skin right down to the bone yeah to the bone and you still couldn't break them it's they're they're just so intense and that's what they're designed for um but yeah well they're designed for they're
2: designed for cables but yes i see
3: what you mean well yeah 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 but i mean you know as i said they've been adopted by um police forces and also prison corrective services and I don't know whether they'd ever use them in, a, in an institutional situation. I, I don't know about that. But, um, Paul, bearing in mind I didn't have a lot of time to do some research, but then I, I started to sort of read some coronial, um, international coronial matters that have involved murder and suicide using cable ties. And then I unfortunately uncovered a terrible story, um, a triple murder in South Australia not so long ago, where a man uh, he, he he used these cable ties on his uh, wife and he he tied her arms and legs behind her back, which is called hog tying, and he also did the same using cable ties to his to the two children, and then he. He murdered the three of them, uh, and 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 I found all that out by simply googling cable tie murders, and there's just so much stuff. And as oh, for the, the suicide situation, is it's diabolical. And if I might, may digress just slightly, Paul, for you and the listeners, yeah. I know this is going to sound a little bit sort of morbid and sad and pretty creepy, but its I was doing my research, albeit fairly sort of in, intense research, very sort of compressed this morning, which I kind of like doing. And, you know, they were talking about coronial matters where ties, cable ties are used for strangulation and they are used a lot in... Um, suicides but also you've got to be very careful when you investigate a suicide of course to make sure that it's not a murder and they actually cite this particular case that was buried within the stories of suicide by using cable tie and the police went to a house in America and they found a man who'd made a like a tie but he'd used it out of material and he'd put it around his neck he sort of created this sort of like a tourniquet out of cloth and Paul, this is the most bizarre thing. It's one of the one of those things that I just thought I'd share with you and the listeners. It's kind of related, but bear with me. How did he tighten the thing around his neck? Would you would you like to guess what he did? No, so you tell used, me, Dad. Oh, it's so messed up, but it's so fascinating. Imagine being confronted with this. He used his walking stick. So he puts this cloth, ties a knot in it. He then inserts his walking stick, and then he uses the walking stick with two hands to rotate it like a <sighs> propeller until he cuts off all the um, circulation. Jeez. And when the police came in, they saw this man lying there with a with a walking stick, um, clearly used as the tightening mechanism, and he had one hand on the stick. And it's very interesting. It's a it's a quite an extraordinary and bizarre way to, to take one's own life. But also the police still have to be very, very wary that it still could be a murder. And then in, coming back to the cable ties, the research that I managed to do in relation to post-mortem and looking for DNA is mm. that if you touch a cable tie, just touch it, you are leaving enough DNA to identify you and that's why with cable tie crime i'm hoping that with this particular case that it was taken very very seriously and they examined it really really you know forensically because they may have found more than one person's dna on the cable tie
2: right okay
3: which means you've got the person that actually put because we i think it's fair to assume that the person didn't I mean, look, I guess there's also another hypothesis, Paul, and that is that maybe some kids were just, you know, could they, could they have been bullies like in a sort of a, a bit of a gangs situation where, you know, they've inadvertently just for fun put the cable tie on one of their you know, some kid, and then all of a sudden the whole situation's just started to escalate and they've gone, shit, what are we going to do? And the kid's freaking out, trying to sort of get out of this this situation, which would be very stressful. There could have been kids hanging around laughing and then, then maybe some passerby, maybe they've screamed out and some, you know, good, good Samaritans in the car park happen to have a toolbox, um, you know, some, some method of, it could have been a, a, a tradesman. An electrician, a plumber—we just don't know. It's just the whole thing's incredible, Paul. And Paul, something that I wanted to tell you and the listeners, because um, it just made me think of it weirdly. Then, in terms of the gang situation, last weekend, and we haven't told you this, um, Christine and I drove down to Barangaroo. You know where that is? Yes, I the did. Harbour. And yep. we grabbed ourselves an ice cream. And it's a really, really, for people that have been to Barangaroo, the, the walk, you know, the, the cafes, the, it's, well, we were there, Paul, with Tegan and her parents. We mm. did the big walk. And it's, it's very beautiful, isn't it? It's very scenic, yes. Yeah. We were leaving in my ute and we were heading up a street in Barangaroo, the only street, might I say. It's a two way street. And Christine said to me, There's, there appears to be something sort of in front of us. It was a, f- a long way away. It was probably 200 metres away. And I looked and I'm, I'm, I'm driving really slowly. And what we saw coming towards us was almost unreal in a bad way. We saw... Um, now, I want... You to factor in, Paul, that yes, I am moderately prone to exaggeration, okay? So let's take that as a given. But, and Christine's sitting behind me so she can verify the numbers, but we estimated there were between two and three hundred teenagers between the ages of 12 and 18 coming towards <laughs> us on push bikes at high speed and it was so intimidating and yeah. they were coming towards us and there was no way that they were going to swerve it looked as though some of them were actually they were some of them were riding huge sort of mountain bikes and some of them were on their back wheels they were some of them were really really good riders there's no doubt about that but it was the sheer number And it was the intensity and the almost... They were sort of in this sort of crazed, psycho mood. They were completely taking up the entire road, coming at us at a really... I'd say they were coming at us about 30 kilometres an hour. And we were just... I thought they were going to come through the windscreen. It was was really heavy. And then one of them knocked the rear vision mirror on the driver's side of the ute. And the entire mirror just jumped out and landed on the road whereby at least maybe 150 people rode over our um, our mirror and there was a couple, a lovely couple, a man and a woman to the right. And once this group had it was so I, I tell you it was it was just terrible. It was we, we've encountered a group similar to that up in King's Cross and they just come through and they just terrorize. It's anarchy on wheels. It's so... I don't know whether any of the listeners have ever experienced it, but it's not a pleasant thing. And They're BMX Bandits. No, it was full on. It was really fucked up. And, oh, mate, it was just so... No, this these guys were really... These were not... these. I would not say that these were just nice kids from... Look, I'm not going to sort of... I don't want to sort of go down that labeling of... Yeah you know opinion yeah. giving my opinion but it was it was of it was horrific and if you had been a police officer or even a, even a group of police they were you'd, they would be so powerless to do anything it's kind of one of those situations anyway this sweet sweet couple they were the wife was swearing so like she was so upset because they'd witnessed them knock the mirror on the car and the sweet husband goes over and he, he picks up the remnants of the mirror. Might I say they're really expensive to replace and I was so upset. And then I I kind of was driving around and I couldn't, it's very difficult to drive a car without a, in fact, it's probably illegal to drive without a, a mirror because you can't change lanes sort of to the right because you just have no mirror. And mm. then we drove around and yeah, that, that was sort of a bit of, bit of an upsetting thing that happened last Sunday it sort of it kind of mucked us up for the rest of the day because it is stressful and but not only were these people coming towards us but they were abusing us and swearing and giving us the finger and as though we were sort of somehow or other not supposed to even be on the road so that was pretty pretty freaky which sort of come yeah anyway I just wanted to mention it but um it sort of the, ca- the cable tie thing, Paul,
2: is mm. um, really interesting. I hope the lady goes goes to the police and says, look... Well, actually, was- uh, yeah, there's an update on this. Uh, regarding the police from Claudette, uh, she said, I'm so sorry for the delay. The police rang later in the day and said they combed that car park but couldn't find it. They assumed someone had cleaned it up. They asked me to send them the photos and will let me know if anything comes of it. Uh, oh, and they haven't gotten go. back to her since. Mate, seriously?
3: Yeah. Right. Dearest Claudette you know, the evidence is gone. Yeah. And that's kind of really upsetting because imagine if the blood belonged to a
2: missing person. Having said that, Dad, I mean, if you find a piece of, you know, whatever lying there, should you then go into public service mode and cancel whatever you were doing and sit there and wait with the cable ties while the cops make their way there? Like what, I what, think what it's is yours-
3: actually, in my opinion, that if that's mm. not a crime scene, then I don't know what is. It's okay. a rare thing, isn't it? How many yeah. cable ties do you see with a lot of blood
2: on them? Something- but I'm saying... I'm saying should should people drop what they're doing, cancel their plans and then sit and wait for the cops to arrive? Yes. Or is it completely or is it completely reasonable to send a photo across to the cops, call them and let them know? No. No, someone should stay with it.
3: It's a crime scene potentially. And out of 10, what would I rate it in terms of possibility of being a crime scene? I'm giving it a 9. Yeah.
2: You know that Claudette's going to be feeling pretty rotten now, right?
3: Um <laughs> Well, let's look at it this way.
2: Yeah. For all listeners
3: in the future, if you come across something that has the potential to be very serious, I think someone should stay with it. And and you say to the police, this is for future reference, you actually say to the police when you call, I am going to stay with this until the police arrive. And I can't see why the police won't be there in... Ten to fifteen minutes,
2: but I'm saying, what if you what if you've got something important happening? Do you cancel your plans to wait with it? Is it your really, is it really your job to kind of cancel what you're doing in this particular and sit there case in a, in a car park? In this yeah.
3: particular case, Paul, it's a crime yeah. scene potentially. Okay, I mean, think about what what other. Um, okay, what happens if you came across a hammer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which in that case, with in South Australia, he stoved the woman's head in after she had been tied with cable ties. Yep. So imagine you come across a hammer in a car park and it's got blood, and maybe some hair on it. How do you rate that?
2: Uh, much higher than a cable tie. Because mm, you know the there. thing is, a ca- like you like you said, a cable tie could be a prank gone wrong or something, right? Or even like a sexy bondage situation gone wrong, or you don't know, right? But. Uh, no one's playing kinky, kinky with a hammer covered in brain fragments. Like it's, <laughs> oh, fuck it I- Paul. You are so. <laughs> oh, I love it. I it, love is you... it, it is different. I'm saying it is different. There's like a slight... right, Dad. There's like Paul, a sliding scale here, right? Yeah, but Paul, when you mm, when you sent me that
3: photograph, my my brain instantaneously. Uh-huh. Went to worst case scenario. And I think that's pretty, pretty... I think most people would kind of look at it and go, okay, cable tie, been cut, lots of blood. There's not just a little bit of blood. There's a lot of blood there. Something, we need to know what happened. And I think it's in, I mean, preservation of crime scene.
2: You know, I'm looking at the photos now, Dad. I'm just looking at them again. They're pretty sus. I think they're very sus. They're pretty sus. sus. Okay, th- it- can you say something to Claudette to make her not feel bad? I think Claudette's one of the nicest names in the known <laughs> universe. <laughs> no, I mean, has she?
3: Don't lay, don't did... lie. let's let's don't lay it all on dearest Claudette.
2: She no, I'm so saying lovely. she 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 has to get partial credit here because the fact is, she actually not only did she oh, yeah. call the cops, brilliant, take the Love. photos, but she also let us know, right? So there's a degree of, hey guys, how'd I do what do-? like there's definitely a she's you know, she gets points of effort here. Hundred percent. Right? But I'm really I'm
3: just I'm I'm kind of a little bit I'm just I think that's I'm disappointed that, that the police didn't find anything. That's just you know I mean, did the police even rock up? Oh, I shut up. Yeah, it.
2: let's let's put some let's put some onus on the police here for oh, not yeah. going folly. Oh. Shit! Go, go, go! Like I, I guarantee you, they would have just gone. Hey, mm-hmm. if you're in the area, can you swing by? Look, right. I'm I'm just trying. If to they look, I, there's a possibility, of course, uh, and with the greatest
3: of respect to you know Vic Police, but you know, look, I think we need to. Someone needs to find out whether they actually did go there and check it exactly. out. I mean, did they? Yeah. Did it, you know, or did they just sort of drive by and think? Oh. But one would hope that you know. Yeah, I I, th- I think it's potentially a you know something quite nefarious and, and definitely worthy of uh, investigation.
2: Hundred percent. Can I can I pose another um, possibility? Yep. Claudette does. Let's say there's a you know parallel universe in which Claudette goes to the cops. I'll stay here and wait. Right. I'll stay here and wait, and they're like, "No, no, don't worry about it. It's fine." And she basically calls their bluff. And they go, look, we're probably not going to come down. It's like a piece, you know, it's... I'm not sure the cops would be as interested as we think they should be, depending on their kind of caseload at the time or, you know... You know what I mean? Like, it seems... Because, okay, we live quite close to Pran uh, Railway Station. And some of the stuff we see when we're in the area is truly intense. I mean, like, brawls and screaming and just sc- Sketchy, sketchy stuff, and we've called the cops a few times, and they never come. And yeah. I think that's because Paul, in the area, a, a lot of stuff of that ilk. I happens. agree with you, but I think
3: this is this is a bit different. I think if this okay f- was on the front page of a Melbourne newspaper, I yeah. just belched again. Um, I think it would really, I think it would generate a lot of interest. Okay, but Claudette, I think I I I tip my hat to you. Well, I think
2: that's a good note to finish on, giving Claudette partial credit. And uh really, it is a testament to our Loose Units listeners that this kind of stuff gets flagged with us at all. I think it's fantastic, you know. Um So if you haven't already gone across to our Facebook page and joined up, it's at facebook.com forward slash Loose Units. And good God, Dad, it's just so nice to be back with you doing Loose Units again. Um, if you have kind of dipped out and you've got friends who haven't rejoined uh, after our very first break, we've never taken a break before and we're really glad we did, but if people are kind of, they're not back yet, uh, let them know that Loose Units has recommenced and we're having a great time doing it. So yeah, let everyone know. If you haven't already done so, go across, please go across to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Make sure you subscribe and like and all that other stuff. Tell your friends about the show and we'll be back first thing next week with more Loose Units. Have a great weekend, everyone. And we'll see you then. Bye. Cheerio.
1: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
0: A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.